welcome again to the Minnesota Nice Podcast, our question and answer podcast with other blogs in the SB Nation universe. I have with me today Brandon Burkett from The Champagne Room. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Glad to have you. So, Illinois. Um, excited to talk about Illinois and get a little bit more information coming into game this weekend. But before we get into those details, I just have to ask, what in the heck happened with Rutgers? I mean, it's tough. I mean, I think we're just bad. I mean, I think that's just the best way to answer it. It's just we played bad and they outplayed us. Just Illinois is just still dealing with the issues of being the youngest team in the country. We started, I think it was eight. Uh, it was nine total freshmen and six on the offense. Three of the five offensive linemen are true freshmen and four of the five are freshmen. So it's just you have young players everywhere. The veterans are not that good themselves. So it's just you're in a complete rebuilding mode, but you expect to maybe be able to beat Rutgers, maybe grow some momentum going in the season, but just didn't happen. The team just was soundly beaten by Rutgers. I mean, credit to them. I mean, they finally get their first win in, I think it was 16 Big Ten games. But, yeah, I mean, there's really not much to say other than this team, this is constructed, just isn't good enough to compete in the Big Ten right now. Did you say three of the five offensive linemen are true freshmen? Yes, three of our five starting offensive linemen are true freshmen. <laughs> it's insane. Is that injury-related, or are they just... They're just better. They're the best guys we have. Like Gabe Megason, who was a former four-star recruit at guard, he was a big-time recruit under the Tim Beckman era, and he was supposed to be a take a big step forward this year, and just he was outplayed by true freshman that signed in February, just flat out beaten out for the job. And a lot of people are thinking that Lovey Smith is taking the idea that, hey, we're going to be bad. Let's just play the freshman, get him experience, which maybe that plays a role. But I think the larger role is just these are the best guys that they have to play, and they're going to play the best guys regardless of if they're freshmen or not. That's not ideal as an outcome. Nope. <laughs> All right, not certainly not. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have a lot to to add to that one. There's really not much to add to it. It's just we're a young team playing young players. It's how it works. <laughs> Do you feel like that's going to pay off next year and, and the years to come? Do you think there's enough patience in the fan base to allow it to pay off next year? Maybe you could see a little bit of improvement, but I really don't think the team's going to be able to compete for maybe a bowl game or those sort of things. Maybe in year three, year three or four of the freshman's class, maybe they can help that pay off and they'll be one of the most experienced teams. But there are still certain key areas where Illinois is still under-talented, where they're not really using freshmen as much where it's kind of concerning. And plus, I think people have this myth in their head that just if you keep playing guys that are young, they're automatically going to get better and better and better. And sometimes it just doesn't happen. They're just, they are what they are, and they continue to play at that level. So you have to wait and see and see how Lovey Smith can develop the players. I mean, he in the NFL, he was known for taking some lesser-known players and turning them into stars, but college is a little bit of a different game. Do you think Illinois, the fans have the patience to to work with that? I mean, I know it's a frustrating situation because I think Illinois and Minnesota are very similar in the sense that both fan bases have had to go through a number of rebuilds in a row. And, you know, speaking from a Minnesota perspective, 
I mean, I know how frustrating that can be. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, yes, I mean, I, the team, the players and the fans just want the team to be mediocre. We just want to like have a product that's entertaining enough to watch each week that doesn't make us feel sad all the time. But it's just quite frankly, you can bring in Urban Meyer or Nick Saban and the team's going to be awful. Like it's just the situation you're in, like whether or not you're going to have the patience personally yourself to watch through it. And I can't blame you if you don't like, that's just the situation it is. The team is a few years away. I mean, we were told when Tim Beckman came in, like, Oh, we have a three to four year plan that doesn't work. So now it's like, Oh, we have another three to four year plan. And it just, after a while, it's just, when's it ever going to work out? But you just have to trust that it will sometimes because it doesn't just, I mean, I know, uh, Tom Herman got a lot of flat, like got a lot of hate for this, but there's just no magic fairy dust or pixie dust to spread on the team and make it good. So whether or not you personally can have the patience, it's just the situation it is. Try to help me understand one thing um, from the Rutgers game. There was a punt return, I believe, where oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm unclear. I saw the I saw the video of it, but it was never clear to me exactly what happened. And I'm hoping somewhere in a post game press conference or you know through the the beat writers this week, who was that and what in the world were they thinking? So uh, that was Carmoni Green, who's a true freshman. Uh, he took it. He started playing for Mike Dudek, who picked up a little bit of a knock in the game, so he had to return that certain punt. And I just don't think there's an explanation. I don't think really any of the beat writers or anyone really asked him this directly in the press conference. But there's just he made a tragic mistake, and there's just no explanation for it. He was put in a situation that maybe he didn't have the most experience in, and maybe shouldn't have been put in that situation, but. There's no explanation for So what happened for fans who didn't see it is the punter on Rutgers punted the ball. It hits around the 10-yard line. Carmoni Green is nowhere near it, is letting it bounce, probably like he should. And then the ball, it's not bouncing towards the end, so it's bouncing just around. Rutgers is about to recover it. And for some reason, Carmoni Green, who is about five yards away from the ball, dives towards the football for some unknown reason, touches it, and Rutgers then recovers it. Like, and there's just no explanation for why that happened other than Carmody Green's a freshman and made a boneheaded mistake, and he was taken out of beat the return duties for the rest of the game. But I think that was just like a perfect explanation of this team just doesn't know what they're doing right now. <laughs> if there was one gift to encapsulate everything that was the Rutgers game, that would be it right there. Yeah. So Mike Dudek got banged up. Um Certainly, he would be a key player for Illinois uh, when facing Minnesota if, if Illinois is going to look to to pull off a win. Is he out this week, or is it kind of an unknown right now? So right now, it's a bit of an unknown because Levy Smith is very secretive with injuries and will just be very, very secretive towards the media for some reason. I think he could still play. It didn't seem to be too serious of an injury. But even if he's able to play, Mike Dudek, unfortunately has not really had the best season for Illinois. Part of it is just the bad quarterback play has been hard to get the ball to receivers. But I think part of it, too, is just he's coming off two straight ACL surgeries. And I think a lot of people had too high of expectations of how well he could play after taking two full years off of rehab. And then for a whole year, you're you know you're recovering from your surgery, you're rehabbing, you're not practicing. And then all of a sudden, you start practicing again, 
and you tear your ACL again, you have to go through that whole process. So two years of not really going through the training camps, practice, or any of that, to just expect him to like go back to his amazing freshman self maybe was a little too much of a high expectation. But I think he can still come back into the game and still be productive. He still has some of the speed and quickness that he's shown, but just right now hasn't been able to gel in with the team just yet. I know another player that's been banged up, uh, Mike Epstein. Uh, mm-hmm. Epstein, the he's a, is he a true freshman? Yep, true freshman. True freshman Florida. running back. He's St. been Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, he's been huge for you guys. Uh, again, is that a situation where you love is keeping it close and you don't know for sure where he's at? Mike Epstein has been ruled out for the season with an injury. All we know is that he was in a walking boot and crutches on the game Saturday, and they're calling it a foot injury. So it's probably more of an ankle, some sort of tear in the ligaments there or something. I don't know because Levy Smith just said he's out for the season and provided no further details, which it's unfortunate because Mike Epstein was averaging 6.1 yards a carry, was a really promising freshman, but now after only five games, his freshman season's over. And you lose the redshirt year, of course. It's too late to medical redshirt him. But hopefully he's able to bounce back quickly from the injury and come back. Running backs generally can be a little bit easier to ease it back into the offense, not needing as much practice time. But hopefully he can heal back up and be a key part of the Illinois offense for the next few years. What's what's the thought on his backups? Do you have a strong backup waiting in the wings? Ravon Bonner, who's another true freshman, has been getting most of the carries, but he uh, doesn't average too many yards per carry, but part of that could be the struggles of the offensive line, but he is much more of a powerful runner than Epstein is. Behind him, furthermore, you have Reggie Corbin, who is much more of a quick, faster back, can average more yards per carry, but Lovey Smith did not give him as many carries as needed. But what's interesting is you have Kendrick Foster, who's an Illinois senior. He was the best Illinois offensive player last season. And he was overpassed by two true freshmen just overnight. And it's kind of question concerning of Kendrick Foster was one of the better running backs in the Big Ten last year, and then all of a sudden, just nothing? Like, what happened there? So there's options at running back, but the problem is, if you don't have a great run-blocking offensive line, does it really matter who's going to be lined up behind it, behind it running back? I feel your pain. Uh, Minnesota, well, yeah, we Minnesota fans, we know all about the, the issue of having good running backs with less than amazing offensive line blocking uh, and what that means. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not fun. It's annoying, actually, quite annoying. Who else would you call out um, for for Gopher fans to watch out for? I was reading this week on on the Champagne Room that you might be going to a true freshman at quarterback. So uh, right now, Jeff George Jr. is our starting quarterback. He took over for Chase Crouch after the first few games this year. So Jeff George Jr., of course, is the son of Illinois great, I guess you'd make call it. He did lead us to two bowl games, so that's pretty great for Illinois. Jeff George Sr., who was also drafted first overall in the NFL before he famously flared out in the NFL. but So Jeff George Jr., he's going to be the starting quarterback, but there has been calls just because of how the team's not been as successful as we'd like to have freshman Cam Thomas come in and play. He's a three-star freshman dual threat from Illinois, and the team just doesn't seem interested in playing Cam Thomas. 
uh, when Lovie Smith was asked in the press conference directly by Gwil Cam Thomas to play this year, he just responded, we're playing the right guys out there. We need to win. So there's a whole question of, are they just trying to save Cam Thomas's red shirt? Or is he just not good enough right now to play? And it could be both of those things. But I think if we keep seeing Jeff George Jr. making some more turnovers and mistakes, it's just going to become more and more obvious that you need to maybe give Cam Thomas some reps. But we'll see what happens with that. Who else would you call out for the Gopher, Gopher fans to watch when it comes to the offense? Ricky Smalling is... Right now, just because of Dudek's struggles that we little talked about earlier, I think Ricky Smalling, who's another true freshman, might be our best wide receiver. And he had his best game of the year last week. He had five catches for 111 yards and a touchdown. And he's averaging 19.1 yards per catch. So he's a real good deep threat. He's shown a great ability as a smaller wide receiver to catch the ball in traffic and really be a tough guy. And I think he's really starting to get a more grasp of the offense and has really been Illinois' most dangerous playmaker these last few weeks. And then on the offense, Malik Turner, who's a senior wide receiver, he's one of those guys that people always say, if he just puts it all together, he could be so great. But he's a senior now, so I don't know if he's ever going to put it all together. But he's still a taller wide receiver who can be a deep threat and make some plays. And other than that, I mean, we've mentioned the running backs, but it's just unless the offensive line can play solidly, a lot of those things just can't work as well as they could. Is Illinois pretty much hamstrung offensively if the running game gets shut down? Yeah, if the Illinois cannot run the ball, they've shown the ability to pass in garbage time, but of course teams aren't being as aggressive. But if the running game doesn't work, the offense sort of doesn't work. But yeah, if the running game doesn't work, the offense kind of just doesn't work. Garrick McGee and Lovey Smith both want to build an offense built on power running the football. And if you can't power run the football... Everything else kind of doesn't work off of that. And just with the quarterback struggles, Illinois is last in the conference and quarterback rating are next to last, last time I checked. And if you don't have good enough quarterback play and you can't run the ball, can't really score. <laughs> yeah, that does make it hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, defensively, what, what do you see? What's, what's kind of the strength for Illinois' defense uh, thus far in the Big Ten season? So Illinois' defensive numbers are actually pretty bad this year, but I think that the defense has actually shown a lot of promise in some areas. I think a lot of the young freshmen that they're playing have done some exciting things. What their defense is designed to do is what the Lovey Smith style of NFL defense is, where he's not playing cover two zone as much as he did. It's a lot more man-to-man, but it's still two high safeties. will play more of a loose coverage and try to force short throws tackle the ball carrier, and just play bend but don't break defense and depend on your defensive line to get pressure on the quarterback with only four or five rushers. And when it works, it works, but often when you're just meeting a team that's more talented than you, a lot of times they can just keep keep hitting you and hitting you and hitting you, and eventually they're just going to break you because it will eventually just bend too much with a young team. But, yeah, I mean, they've had – Linebacker was supposed to be our strength heading into the year, but Trey Watson has also just had a knee surgery, one of the defensive leaders at middle linebacker, and he's going to be out. He hasn't been ruled out for the year, but he'll be out for the next game. And the Illinois linebackers, they started Jimmy Marchese at middle linebacker last week, who's a walk-on true freshman, and it, it just wasn't pretty. He just 
He's a, he looked like a true walk-on freshman. And the defensive line, a lot, a lot of young players. Isaiah Gay has shown a lot of flashes as a true freshman, but he's only listed at 215 pounds trying to play defensive line in the Big Ten. And on the other side, Bobby Roundtree, a little bit more solidly built, but he's also a true freshman. But then in the secondary is where I think you've seen a lot of more growth of just a lot of the young players being able to finally figure out these zone defense and finally figure out how they're supposed to play. But it's a struggle on defense as well, but there's been a little bit more progress. But still, I mean, with such a young team, it's really hard to like find too many bright spots of, wow, we're good at this, this, or this, because they're still trying to build that foundation of what they're going to be in the future. Because this year, it truly is year one of the Lovey Smith era because of the odd circumstances in which he came to Illinois in 2016. And it really is just the building the foundation year. And you can't really expect too much out of the players. You're doing a pretty good job of uh, making me feel okay about whatever frustrating moments have been out there for Minnesota this season. Well, that's what's funny is, like, when you're a fan of Illinois football, we've only won eight of our last 50 Big Ten games. So it's so funny when you watch other fan bases just say, wow, our team sucks, or our team is terrible. Like, I can't believe how dumb we are. And I'm just like, I don't know about that. I mean, (laughs) it doesn't look too bad from here. Like... (laughs) So it's just like a different state that we're of expectations that the programs are in at this point. Well, kind of speaking to that, what I mean, looking at the rest of the season, what would, in your mind, take this difficult year and, and make it a success? What would you need to see either in terms of development or wins and losses to feel like it's been a pretty successful year, all things considered? To be frank, I think they're not going to win another game this year just flat out. I don't really think that there's much that they can do unless the turnover fairy blesses them in a game and gives them like a plus four turnover margin against Purdue or Indiana. I really just don't see this team being able to pick up another win at this point. So with that being said, you really just have to focus on development. And what you'd like to see is some more solidity out of the offensive line, better understanding of blocking assignments. You'd like to see the defense be a little bit more stout against the run and a little bit better at tackling. You'd like to see maybe some of those freshmen continue to impress and continue to show flashes of what they can be in the future. And you just want to continue to see like baseline things from the team of, we know what we're doing. We look like we more have a plan. We're not getting as beat up just by sub by teams that shouldn't be destroying us. So it's really tough to say just, but it's really just, you want to see a little bit more progress, but it's tough to measure what that progress can be. I'm voting for you beat Northwestern in a blizzard. That's that's what I'd like. That's hey, not wouldn't be what I'd call the like, Northwestern the, game is always a funny game. Like, just it's one of those games that's always high scoring for some reason. It's kind of just a weird game every year. And yeah, I mean. Their games, I still would give, I'd take Northwestern in that game no matter what, but hey, pick up a few turnovers, you Let's never know. Weird. Let's get weird, <laughs> yeah. you never know. Um, obviously, you know, you're understandably pessimistic about the rest of the year. And, and oh, I'm pretty optimistic year. compared to some of our fans. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's not good. Hey, uh, the, whoever he, uh, Brandon's referring to, you, stay away from the bleach, please. It, it'll, <laughs> there's no need. There's no need. Um, 
if you did have to kind of outline how Illinois beats Minnesota, um, what what are the what's the kind of game you would you feel you'd need to see uh, from the Illini from Minnesota for for that to happen? So uh, first thing first is they'd have to be able to stop the Minnesota run game and be able to force them to have to pass the ball and tackle well. They basically if the one of the reasons they were been really struggling against Rutgers and other Big Ten opponents is just the inability to stop the run. But if they can find a way to slow down the Minnesota running attack and make it a little less ineffective, the team has shown a little bit better in pass defense of being able to slow down teams. And also continue to force some fumbles. Illinois actually is tied for the lead in the country with 12 forced fumbles on defense. And if, hey, force some more fumbles, maybe pick them an interception or two, win the turnover battle, it's going to go a long way. And then our offense... They need to just stop shooting themselves in the foot and turning the ball over. The team has really been, no matter where they've been put in field position, it's been a struggle of when they go on long drives, it always seems it ends in a turnover or a penalty that takes them out of it, or they just never get their offense going. So they need to cut down on their offensive mistakes and find a way to be able to maybe run the ball a bit on first and second downs and just something to keep the plays positive and keep the ball moving down the field as much as they can. And then... Just don't make any stupid, dumb mistakes, and you never know what can happen. But it's going to be a tough game. Asking to stop the run of any Big Ten opponent is tough for the Illinois defense to do right now. But if they can, you can imagine a way they can win this game. It's not impossible. It's not us playing Ohio State, which is going to be just a delight this year. (laughs) (laughs) But... It's still going to be just a tough t- t- challenge to ask because you're asking a bunch of fresh, true freshmen that were playing high school football less than a year ago to go in into a Big Ten, go on the road against a Big Ten opponent, and pull out a win. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm totally good with Minnesota not playing Ohio State this year. Uh... It's just funny how much better Ohio State and Penn State have become over the rest of the conference in a little bit short amount of time. Oh, Penn State annoys me. I honestly think, they because they started off last year so rough, I honestly think if Minnesota hadn't completely crapped away that game, if, if they'd finished and, and picked up that win at Happy Valley, I honestly kind of feel like that team doesn't come together the way it did, mm-hmm. and Franklin gets fired. Like Penn State fans were just freaking out coming into the Minnesota game. And if they lose to Minnesota there, I don't know. I, somehow I feel like Minnesota yeah. may have gifted him a a much more successful Penn State career than he would have had otherwise. Yeah, I can't argue with that. And I, I'm personally one of those people that don't think Penn State's nearly as good as they think they are or some of the people in the media think they are. I think Ohio State's going to kill them. Like I think that's going to be a huge uh, – like it's in Penn State this year, right? So it might be a little bit closer, but I think Ohio State's going to kill them in that game. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I honestly, I'm not super high on Penn State. Um, I don't think they're bad, but I mean, Saquon Barkley will. I mean, th- that dude'll that dude'll cover a lot of areas of struggle. Man, with Saquon Barkley though, I'm just always thinking like he's not that great of a running back. I mean, he's great. He's one of the best in the Big Ten. He's going to be a top five pick in the NFL. I think he's good, but. When, talks, when people talk about like Heisman contention, I'm just like, Bryce loves out at Stanford and putting up about double the stats that this kid is. And if Saquon Barkley played on the West Coast, no one would know who he is. 
Yeah, that's a fair point because a lot of a lot of Saquon's hype does have a little bit to do with the fact that when he puts together a high, highlight reel package, it's always in prime time. Then again, that one God, I'm already blinking now. Who were they playing when he had that hurdle? When he just hurdled that dude? Um, which game was that? Ah, it doesn't matter. He hurled a dude. It was crazy. he's amazing though, but I think it's a little too much hyped up right now. All right, uh, I guess. Final thought would be prediction. What's your what's your score prediction for Saturday? Man, a score prediction. Well, I think Illinois is probably going to struggle on defense, and Minnesota is going to have a little bit of a re a rebirth of their running attack with Shannon Brooks and Rodney Smith. I'm thinking they're going to struggle there and struggle with time of possession. I think they might be a little bit better on offense, but that might just be a little bit of blind optimism but i'm thinking it's probably going to be somewhere around 31 to 13 minnesota pulls away with the win i mean that sounds pessimistic but just with the with how the team is right now that's about what you can expect if you guys want to make rodney and shannon look good and give our offensive line confidence i'm not gonna fight you that's for sure we could we could use a little bit of that come all the rest of the games on the schedule. Yeah, I mean, Minnesota could... I mean, it sucks losing your first three Big Ten games, but I think the team has enough talent and they're, to possibly get three more wins and get to a bowl game in P.J. Flex first year. But it'll be a bit of a challenge. I think they can, too. I just... I have a hard time saying it's going to happen. It's, it's one of those, like, I can... I can honestly feel pretty confident that if they... If they can continue to do what they did well in the fourth quarter against Michigan State and, and trying to say, hey, if this one quarter out of the first six games continues offensively. But if they were to do that, then I feel pretty solid guaranteeing five wins and saying a six seems certainly possible. It's just going to be all about consistency, uh, Demry Croft playing to what his potential is and keeping his head on straight and staying out of trouble. Yeah, definitely. I, which I which I hope we're at at this point. Like, I mean, the, the dude's had to go through enough, like, in terms of coming back from his suspension. I would hope it's been pretty well drilled in that, you know, don't screw up. But <laughs> College kids, man. College kids. Never know, <laughs> as, as I talk like an old man. All right. <laughs> Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. For the podcast today, uh, everybody, as always, if you haven't already, please subscribe to uh, the Sky U podcast page on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, whatever your favorite source is. And keep looking forward to editions of the Minnesota Nice podcast Q&A uh, in the coming weeks. Go Gophers, Sky U Ma, row the boat.